0: a voice new, a new voice joining us. Mm-hmm. Hi guys. We have a, we have a fun guest today. We always have fun guests. So I feel like we always say that, but we're here with a dear friend of mine. And for any of you who were roles of Engagement fans, my co-star Oliver Hudson and his beautiful wife. Well, Oliver's not on the show, but his beautiful wife, Erin Hudson is. <laughs> and, um, and Erin and I met each other, I guess way when back. yeah, way back when Oliver and I did Dawson's mm-hmm. Creek, which was like in two thousand and two, and we were filming right. in um, North Carolina. North Carolina, and Aaron came on sweat. sweat. She came on
1: sweat. <laughs> she came, came on sweaty. sweaty. Sweat she came on sweaty. Came I'm sweaty. <laughs>
0: it's gonna be that kind of show, peeps. It is. Get um, ready. Buckle up. <laughs> yep. Okay, wait.
1: So yes. you were both
0: doing Dawson's Creek. That's when you Ollie guys met. and I met on Dawson's Creek, and Aaron came to visit him on set, mm-hmm. and they were just dating at this yep. point. And I remember she was like the most. She still is the most beautiful, sweetest. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, duh, Ollie is with this great girl, <laughs> and um, and Aww. then and then we kind of like Sense. went our separate ways for a little bit, and then Rules of Engagement happened, and then We'd we see were... each other on auditions and, and stuff. And yes, remember like right. playing rules, Yeah, I think I saw you at the Rules of Engagement audition. Possibly, I think yes. there.
2: And then I feel like there was something else, and there was like a. Black Lab at the audition.
0: We were hanging out. I kind of remember yes. what you were talking about this.
2: Oh, I know. I know. It's been so long.
0: Anyway, so. anyway, we have then spent seven years of like really being okay, intermeshed so in So wait, are life. we
1: saying that one of you is
0: actually married to Oliver Hudson? <laughs> yes. <one of> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like she was married <laughs> it's so to funny. Oliver Hudson. This, this is true. This podcast, really, we just launched right into the whole story. But yes, I was, I officially TV wife. married... <laughs> ollie's character on rules of engagement at the end of the seven years and aaron married ollie at the beginning in real life yes (laughs) that's right and then they have had two of their children while we were filming rules and your third rio was just two years yeah she did the summer um, And so we're just so excited to have you on um, for many reasons because uh, you have three kids and that's amazing. Because Ellie and I always talk about <laughs> having one, and that's nuts. Oh, I know, but um, I was there and I remember thinking three was nuts. And so, <laughs> <I'm like. laughs> but also because Erin has had all her kids via C-section and via scheduled C-section, mm-hmm. and we w- really wanted to bring you guys the other side of the coin to talk about that cuz i know, you know, there are a lot of you out there who have written us about it and talked to us about mm-hmm. how you'd love to hear someone's story that's not natural or not home birth and and i felt like it was really important that we bring on somebody and talk to you about your story and mm-hmm. all that. So, let's just dive right in. Get in. in. <laughs> Get in. So talk to me about you, the first pregnancy, and how you got pregnant, the kind of how your pregnancy was. I mean, obviously, we know how. Yeah, I mean, like,
1: where were you? (laughs) I've got
0: some
2: pictures. Was it a
0: resort?
1: Yeah, I
2: know. Was it New
0: Year's?
1: Yeah, exactly. Actually. (laughs) Okay, so if your child has a September 26th, Due date. It oh, was New funny. Year's. I don't know how I know. Really? That, uh, <laughs> Tars- but that went, would be the due date. Right. Wink, wink. Uh-huh.
2: Before, actually. Because yeah. he was like an end of August, it was supposed to be early September. But, um, well, it's interesting now because I think being on the other end of this with the three kids and the three C sections, I'd have a, a lot more to say and different things to say than after just the first. But I think for me, I was really scared of birth, of, of childbirth. And I would find myself kind of reading books and, and talking to as many people as I could. And I just, honestly, I, I mentally felt like I was not cut out for childbirth. And I was scared, but I felt super insecure about that, you know, ad- admitting that. And my best friend had just had, like got pregnant just about a year before me. So she told me everything. Didn't leave anything out. She was not painting, you know, some pretty picture. She was like, I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. And I was like, don't sugarcoat it for me. She ended up having an amazing birth. She did have vaginal, but with drugs. And I was like, gosh, if I could just like order that one up, I would, I <laughs> yes. would do it. But the unknown was so scary to me. And I do think I'm kind of a controlling person, which I'm <laughs> realizing later in life. But Many of us are. Yes. And it's I, okay. You know, it's, okay. It's, true. it's so true. It's I'm accepting. The, I'm the one it's in like self accepting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. So I think the uh, no matter what I read, no matter who I talked to, um, even my doctor was just trying to come, you know, talk me through it. You, your body's made for this, all of these wonderful things. Um, I just was really scared. So, anyways, through midway through my pregnancy, um, at one of my ultrasounds, the doctor said, Um, Gosh, your placenta is very low, which if it moved a little bit more or got any lower, it would be – it's called placenta previa where Mm. basically the placenta blocks the – the exit for the the baby. (laughs) And of course, back in the day, that's, you know, how there was many tragedies and all that stuff. But with science these days, you can figure it out, but there is nothing you can do. If that does happen, you have to have a C-section. So that's when that kind of started to be explored. And I, you know, talked to him about it. And here's the thing. We live in LA. I think it's very, you know, different. Doctors are much more open to it. You'll hear a lot of people say, oh, they just want to do it for this reason and that and the hospitals and but I felt like my doctor really wanted me to try natural because he you know thought that I could but anyways c-section came up I started to talk about that that wasn't exciting either having my you know <laughs> torso cut open <laughs> right. surgery i never had you know surgery before going under all that kind of stuff so neither felt great but what I did was I kind of read as much as I could um and I would hear a lot of stories about C-sections that were not great. And I think you hear a lot of women that struggle through labor and then have a an emergency C-section. Yeah. Um, and those stories don't tend to be as wonderful. And what I realized when I finally kind of made my decision was I don't want an emergency C-section um, and have to go through labor and then deal with C-section and the troubles and emergency just made it feel more scary. So I said to him, you know, can I can I plan, you know, a C-section and he said yes. And I just felt so much more at calm, yeah. at peace and and inwardly, like between Oliver and I, but outwardly to anybody else, I felt very ashamed, very judged, and I was so kind of new to it all, and it was like first pregnancy, and so I wasn't very vocal about it. And I would I literally went to like prenatal yoga classes and not only the questions weren't even, you know, are you having vaginal or C-section? It was just, you're going natural, right? Like all natural. <laughs> like there wasn't even the like C-section, like, you know. Section. Section. of the C-section. question. C-section, and I found myself just lying, you know, saying, yeah, I'm going to try. Definitely going to, you know, try and not do any drugs. And everyone's like, well, if you say you're going to try, that probably means you will. You have to really convince yourself. Uh, and it was just this whole world that mm-hmm. I felt really, you know, kind of insecure to say, that I was choosing to have a, a C-section. Now, of course, I'm very proud of it. I've talked to so many people about it. I have such a different point of view on the other end, especially three later. And I now I love, I embrace if someone wants to, well, someone wanted to say to me, like, oh, well, why? Why are you having a planned C-section? Or, you know, that judgment, that right away of like, why would you ever choose that? I'm very confident in why. And if anybody else wants to judge it. They can, but I feel like anybody that has actually been through birth, you find a lot of people that judge, either haven't done it yet, or just I don't know. They have had some negative story or, or they're whatever not it is. Secure in what their own decision was. Yeah, I just I, I found like the judgment was, especially after going through it. And this is basically what you guys talk about on you know so many different occasions. Is everybody's story is their own whether it be birth story, choice breastfeeding, not breastfeeding, all that kind of stuff and I think as a first time mom you're just thrown so much information and it's scary from prenatal to your birth to breastfeeding to shots to you know food I mean there's just so much information and and it's just not fair because I feel like s- some people need to you know either process it differently whether it's how they grew up you know or what it may be that they're going through like i have a friend who couldn't breastfeed and had um you know her breast removed and cancer and all this stuff and was at you know a very kind of i don't know west side progressive uh nursing center or baby kind of group and it was horrible because she they were just so judgmental on why she wasn't breastfeeding yeah, and yeah, I mean yeah, you know she life. had to basically say no. like I don't have that choice I would do anything to be able to breastfeed. and it's just so I feel like it's you so just crazy don't too, know it also feels
1: like on the west side I mean we're like we're talking in California what we're saying I know, I know. And a lot of our listeners are like what it's the opposite <laughs> where
2: I live and isn't right. it funny
1: it's like so it proves that like both sides are yeah. guilty of this yeah
2: it's so yeah. true and I think anywhere I mean although out here and I, I'm from the east coast and my girlfriends that I still talk to at home there isn't as much pressure on your choice it's it's just embraced a little mm. bit more and so I don't well, know I that that's talk- why I-, I went
1: to a family wedding and um a cousin of mine was like oh I heard this thing about cord pulsing and like that's so disgusting and I'm like what do you mean it's not disgusting and yeah. I was like but it was so funny because I live in this little bubble where like that's yep. normal Yeah. even at this so point. So much of the
2: stuff that
0: we do placenta here. Pills, like doesn't yes. seem that weird to me and yes. they're like
1: what gag yes. me and I'm like wow. Well and it, you know the thing that,
0: that I always come back to is I think about where I was right before I gave birth mm-hmm. and the mind frame that I was in and uh, you know I just told my birth story in one of our previous podcasts. And, um, I was so calm near the end and I was that calm because I was doing it the way I wanted to Mm -hmm, do it. mm -hmm. And I made the decision for myself based on where I knew I would feel the most comfortable. And I think it's very, it would be very shitty Mm -hmm. of me to want and desire that for myself and feel that I deserve that, but another woman doesn't. Doesn't. So true. And I think that we don't look at it that way because we only look at it from the terms of this is what's best for your child. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again, until there is some test Mm -hmm. or some proof that shows that doing something, whether it be during conception, Mm -hmm, birth, mm -hmm. child rearing, any of it, 100% proven to give us... Stellar, amazing kids, (laughs) genius, something kids. And by the way, what does that even mean? Like, I know, because in in today's world, like, what does that mean? Does that mean we have children that live till they're 120? Does it mean that we have kids with ridiculous IQ? Because There are kids maybe, let's say there are kids that are not as smart as others, but maybe they're more creative. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're more sensitive. Maybe they're more soulful. Like what is the measure by which we're saying a kid becomes some fantastic thing based on Mm -hmm. a choice that you make of how to raise them or birth them or conceive them? And, um, you know, and I think that overall, as women, we have to start to support each other in that if you can believe that you are deserving to have a free choice Mm -hmm. and not be judged about something, then so should everybody else. Totally. Um, And also,
2: it's I think the first time around is so nerve wracking mm -hmm. for any mom, no matter what choice they're making. Um, And look. I get it. Everybody, just like in anything else, art, politics, whatever it might be, we all have different opinions. Hospitals scare a lot of people mm-hmm. for many different reasons, right? And those are all valid and, and real opinions. Um, just as for me, I was the mom that cried when I had to leave the hospital because I did <laughs> not want to go home. I was scared to go home oh without God. all I the help. sobbed in the elevator. Yeah. Going and most down people the are elevator. like, "Get me out of the
1: hospital! I yeah. want to get home." I was like, no, and no, I didn't want to like introduce my daughter to the world. I wanted too. to keep her to so myself. It's just like safe
2: with the nurses all around safe. you, and everyone's taking yeah. care of you, and like and then, any yeah, monitor and beating this pushed
1: and... down in the I know wheelchair. The, and, yes. I was just like, oh, I don't know. I don't want to give her I out. Know. Like I don't want to give her out yep. to the
2: world. Yeah, it's I'm so not not true. You're yet. there, and you're
1: like, and I remember also the weeks leading up to my daughter was born two weeks early, but um. And there were some, she gave some signals that mm-hmm. she was going to come early, um, but I didn't know when. But I was, I don't know, I can't even remember the terminology. It's only been a year and a half. Jackson and I'm, Hicks or something? No, it was oh. like I was such and such centimeters dilated, or I don't know. Right, something right, yeah, And yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, we don't know when this will happen. And I was journaling. Mm hmm. In the days leading up to it and i was listening to my have no birthing tapes and i remember writing something along the lines of like i totally understand why women have scheduled c-sections i yeah. want to know when this is going to happen <laughs> Just at the very like, the end idea, yeah. like when when is it going to happen and to have that kind of control so when you chose the date yeah how did you choose
2: your child's well, birthday well this is what's so interesting so we did choose um so my husband's birthday is september 7th and he uh, wilder we didn't know if it was a boy or a girl but was due um between september 9th oh no sorry between september 10th and 12th so that was september 11th basically and i was like ah that doesn't sound so great the wonderful thing is with the c-section they usually deliver about a week early so um we had picked i think the third or something like that um so me being the control freak and the planner slash all of the above uh he came two and a half weeks early And we were actually... I remember this. I
0: totally forgot we were filming. And I went in. I asked Megan. Yeah. Megan Price, my co-star. Yes.
2: uh, Her co-star. So I was there, you know, big belly, still thinking I had a few weeks and, you know, all this. And basically, there was a sign that happened. And I was like, (laughs) wait, something's going on down here. And we went home that night. And I got in bed and I heard like a pop. Like a inside, almost like a, you know, gas sounding thing. But it was, I was like, what the heck was that? And I stood up and I had like a gush of water. Oh my gosh. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Like, could that be my water breaking? Like, no way. I still have a few weeks. I need this nursery. We don't have our car seat. Like, no. But Oliver was like, "Um, let's call the doctor. So we called and he was like, stand on your tippy toes and do a sneeze and all this (laughs) physical stuff. And he was like, yep, your water broke. He's like, so you know, you still want to have a C-section? And I literally remember where I was standing, everything happening and just feeling like, oh my gosh, like this is happening. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not ready. And I was so scared, started crying. He was like, relax, take a shower, tell Oliver to pour you a glass of wine. (laughs) And I was like, okay, Um, your bag's packed. I said, yep. And said, okay, come on in. We're going to have this baby tonight. And I was like, oh my gosh. So there was me trying to be this planning you know,
0: person. Was there, was there a moment in that where you thought, yes. maybe I can yep. just try and do this? Well,
2: here's what happened. In that moment, because it was kind of that do or die pressure thing, I was like, oh, do I really want to go and have a C-section right now? Like that all of a sudden became really scary. The comfort I had found in it became really scary because mm-hmm. surgery and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I went into the thing of I did not prepare at all for a vaginal birth, meaning breathing, classes, techniques. And I know from Angie um, and a few other of my friends that have had all natural births, how much mental prep goes into the, you know, and your strength, also just physical strength. Um, I just knew I wasn't ready, I think, for that. What about with an epidural? You did know, you that? I did. um, I did. But um I don't know. I think I was then it just started to get like, oh, I'm getting an epidural. What if it doesn't work?
0: You, could you plan hear these stories for one and, thing and yes, yeah, and then it happens. Yes.
2: So we went to the hospital and then and then this is a, you know, for anybody that has to have a C-section, I always feel like a lot of people Are really sad or disappointed or scared because they really wanted to have natural childbirth. The one thing that I was scared of was the experience with my husband with Oliver. I was like, Am I gonna miss out on birth and those stories you hear and that bonding and you know, pushing and looking at each other and all this kind of stuff? And so in that moment, I was like, God, I can't believe I'm gonna miss out on that. And But when we did get to the hospital, I have to say, you know, we had an iPod playing, we had our music list, everything was just so calm. My doctor was there, we walked through it. You lay down, and it is not a cozy, you know, environment. It's like a science lab with lights and it's cold. So that part is not fun. But all of a sudden, my husband was on a stool right next to me. We were face to face, holding hands. Could not have been, you know, more intimate and, you know, had a sheet up so we couldn't see anything. But I was like, he kept saying to me, we're going to find out what it is. We're going to find out what it is right now. And of course you're on, you know, drugs, but you're coherent enough. I remember every single minute in detail. Um, And it was extremely intimate and bonding. And the doctor said, Oliver, you know, do you want to stand up? Do you want to see the baby? And so I literally watched the birth through his eyes, through Oliver's, because I could see him. I saw the video later, but (laughs) during the experience. And so, you know, I saw him see the baby and say, it's a boy. And I mean, it could not have been, I could cry right now, but you know, it was extremely intimate and, and magical. And I felt lost in the moment. I forgot that I was in this, you know, brightly lit crazy room, you know, didn't feel medical. And so, I don't know. I always say that to somebody that has to go in there, like, and do it and doesn't want that you kind of have to find the things that will make it
0: a great experience. It's your experience. I mean, it's in the same way that like somebody who decides to have one kid versus somebody who decides to have three, it's like that's not your experience. You are Mm -hmm. just not going to have the life where you know what it's like to just have one or somebody else who doesn't know what it's like to just have three. Totally. Just have three. Just have Um, three. But, you know, I mean, I think that's the thing is like – I, I for some reason in life we have this idea that we can do it all and have it all and you it, you don't know what your, your limits your are your experience, your-, is your experience and I think it's so beautiful that you could reframe that and look at it because I mean I knowing Oliver and you I know how amazingly connected you guys were mm-hmm, in that moment mm-hmm. and you know I I think that that's so important for people to hear to know that like e- if you're too busy telling yourself the story of what could have been if you're somebody who has chosen mm-hmm. To try and have a vaginal birth, and then it ends up being a C-section. Yes. If you're too busy worrying about what you've lost, then you don't get to be in the moment like you Gain were. What and, you have. And exactly. Have, and have that beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. And it's so great that you guys kept it a surprise. So there was that element there of- There was totally the element of surprise, yeah. which was
2: wonderful. And then also afterwards, after just the unknown of birth itself, all that kind of stuff, there was a moment where I was like, gosh, if I do it. If we have another and we're lucky enough, I would maybe think about having a back or, you know, yeah. whatever it is, vaginal laughter. Because now it's like, okay, I did that. Mm, I wasn't yeah. scared. And I have to say I was very lucky. Everything went so smooth with my C-section because you do hear a lot of people have, you know, like issues and scars. And I, I was very lucky. I didn't have a lot of pain. I mean, everyone talks about pain. I literally had no Pain. So, what was it like for
1: the recovery?
2: So, like- the recovery is, you know, it's no joke, but you kind of are in, an, in a separate room. Here's the thing I breastfed right away. I brought my baby right to, you know, my chest and I had him right there. And they're very accommodating with that kind of stuff. But it was interesting with the first one, I didn't know that I was going to have the baby. And obviously, my water broke. So, I ate a scala bolognese for dinner I made nachos at 11 o'clock at night but that was probably the sign <laughs> I mean
1: it could have been you know I, mean? I mean I feel like when you start uh, eating like
2: that that means it that was, you're about
1: to get this was seriously. happening
2: yeah so we got to the hospital and of course with the c-section you're having all these drugs so you're not supposed to eat anything for 12 hours before and I got there and was like yeah um <laughs> that's not happening so I was very sick <laughs> afterwards for a few hours which really was just the food mixing with the drugs the other two it was not as bad at all so but here's the thing those couple hours you know for somebody that doesn't want to be in a hospital or you know it it may not be the most fun but you're you're in there you have your baby you're feeding you're holding them your husband's there with you your friend is there with you whatever you need but it's just that Mm post-operational recovery and once you're out of there you know you're it's it goes or by like, like this, like
1: a baby, or like being able to drive, or like. Oh, uh, okay, so that, that might, yeah. kind of stuff, it's like
2: immediately right after, yeah. It's, I mean, look, I had family help, I did have a nurse there with me. I mean, you are recovering, so look, it's not a walk in the park, but I had heard so many horror stories, and I, I just didn't have anything. I was very, very cautious. They say it's the bending over and the lifting of another child. So my first recovery, I didn't have any other kids or toddlers. Okay. So I just did a lot of my breastfeeding, laying down, not really laying down, not like football, but I don't know, it was not, it for me, I was recovering in my stomach and not down somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, for no me, thing. I look at that and I'm like, oh, gosh, yeah. I can't imagine having to recover down there. And then you hear about ripping and stitches and tearing and all of that stuff was more scary to me than like <laughs> right. a perfectly cut scar you know healing up and
0: yeah. but it's just totally how about
1: recovering once you had more the opposite that you, when you that had was, two children yes that well, was well, wait, well, a
0: little wait. more before, challenging before we get yeah. to that let's talk about then the decision to go into the next one so you yes. said you started to think like maybe i could yes. so then what happened the next time that you got pregnant? so
2: um gosh let's see yeah so bodhi came and or i was pregnant with him i didn't know if we we're having a boy either and it was about again halfway through you know and i was like i'm gonna have to kind of commit to this and and go there. And I think having the child, the toddler, Wilder, you know, running around at the time, I was so exhausted that I was like, gosh, I don't know if I have it in me. Now I can admit, but to mentally be there physically, you know, have the time to go to prenatal yoga and do the classes like I didn't. And so I kind of opted for what I knew worked (laughs) the first time and it worked very well. And I, you know, I recovered, I healed, everything was fine. So Um, I chose to do it again. And then on the third one... This time, was it the chosen birth date? Nope. He came early too. Oh, my God. So it was um, about a week early. So we had picked... uh, Gosh, what did we pick? Oh, Wilder was on the 23rd. So we had picked March 23rd. So they were both beyond the 23rd. But he came early because Manny... Remember the whole thing with Manny, our dog passed you away so, yeah. and it was a very traumatic four days and I was out to here pregnant and uh, I just think the stress and the emotion sent me mm-hmm. into labor and what's interesting is I didn't have any labor whatsoever with the first, uh, because my water broke and I never had contractions, nothing, but with Bodie, my body started to go into labor and everyone was telling me, oh, it's just probably Braxton Hicks I was like, okay, these are getting pretty painful. And 6 p.m., we had all this family over and the dog, all this stuff's going on. And I'm like emotional, but I'm feeling something going on down there and in my stomach and all this stuff. And everyone's like, oh, it's just, it's just the stress. And, you know, don't worry. And I mean, literally, my doctor told me, again, have a glass of wine. You're fine. I just saw you two days ago. This is all from the dog. So by 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm texting my friends that have all had regular you know births and um even my nanny I-, I called her and i was just like what am i gonna know and everyone's like oh, you'll know you'll know if you're having real contractions and i was like okay <laughs> crying rolling around on the floor like i'm in doggy style position i'm telling all of her i'm like google birthing positions what do we do with the ball there's a ball in the garage i think i'm supposed to sit on it what the f you know i'm like just in pain but everyone's telling me that it's not real and that I'll Why? know. Why? Would- I don't know. I think everyone was just like, oh, you'll know if it's real contractions. And I was like, well, mother effing, this is what I'm trying to avoid
1: <laughs> is pain. Yeah. So, like so many people go to the hospital like multiple times. Yes, so they and them. they send you home. So yes. Such, yeah. So
2: finally, I called the doctor again, and he said, "We'll time it." He goes, "If the contractions get down between like two and four minutes, oh, you know, kind of a thing." He's like, "We'll get you over there." And I was like, "Oh no, they're there." Oliver's been timing. They're between two and five minutes. He's like, "Okay." He's like, "Well, let's let's get on the way, and we'll get over there." So the car ride was like a scene out of a movie for mm-hmm. me. Every time the contraction came and it stopped, I would start crying because I knew another one was going to come. (laughs) And all of like just relax and breathe. And I was like, I can't. Another Uh, one's going to come. So it's coming, it's coming. And I was like, this is what I wanted to avoid. (laughs) It was like labor and pain. Um, (laughs) I'm a total wimp. Yeah.
0: So we get in to the this, hospital. In this moment, are you feeling to yourself like, I made the right decision?
2: A hundred percent. I was yeah. like, get me to <laughs> that C-section like, yeah. table. And um, and the other thing was, you get in there, and literally 20 minutes later, they're handing you your baby. So it's just like, ah, oh, here's Clean. your baby. You're it like, does Thanks. seem quite fantastic. <laughs> but here, and I was like, I did my nine months of work. Yeah, Get me my baby. <laughs> I didn't have that you know, feeling of like, oh, gosh. But I got to the hospital with Bodie, and the lady looks at me. She checks me out. She's like, oh, honey, you're only one centimeter dilated. She's like, if you weren't here for a scheduled C-section, we'd be sending you home. And I was like, and I'd be kicking you in the face because I would not be going home. (laughs) So there I was thinking I'm like going to be 10 centimeters dilated. And they're like, you're one centimeter. So I was so embarrassed. But I was like, this is like legit pain for me. So then the guy comes in to, you know, put puts like the monitors on me and the anesthesiologist, and he looks at the screen and he looks over at me and he's like, is this your first, you know, birth? And I was like, um, no, but this is like my first labor. I had a C-section, blah, blah. He's like, these are legit contractions. He's like, you're not dilating. You'd probably have to be take Pitocin right now if you were having... A regular birth because right. your contractions are accelerating but you're not dilating so my contractions were real I was like validated yes. with like the pain of them but I was not dilating which obviously is a different type of pain well, but
0: probably you weren't dilating because you knew in your head I'm having a c-section I'm closed and my body wasn't too. ready yeah, you, for man, it because of having, having your contractions
1: done it every five minutes yeah you are it was in it. pretty that uh, was me at in and out yeah was the five minutes Ellie has a great video in
2: and out In out on the way oh my god that's Amazing. But
1: I didn't know about puking in um in childbirth. Yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And I didn't puke, luckily. Oh, that's that was good. Complex. I did. But Every, yeah, yeah, yeah I did I everywhere. And to I, know. I could told me that she puked. My obgyn she did though, she was like, I've got a scheduled C section, but I had this woman doing a hypnotherapy tape for me mm-hmm. during uh so I can listen to it during my surgery. Wow, and I thought that was really cool. And sort of what you're saying about like own it, like you yes. can still bring the music. Oh and my be god, like we have we, and you can I know still every song. The, yes, you know,
2: the sense and the whole thing. You can and have you, your
1: photos yep. and yep. your battery operated candles. Like totally you still do it up. Um, so I thought that was really cool that she did that. Yep, uh, that is other pretty amazing. Story is that. I gave birth at Cedar, Sinai. Okay. Um, which is I mean, they say that it's like the C section capital of the world. Okay. Probably. Great.
2: That's where I give that's where I yeah, did mine. So yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: um so because my daughter was born two weeks early, she was born on September eleventh. Oh wow. Okay, so and there we go. Here, Sorry is, to no, no apologies. I was like, I'm trying to this avoid it. Yeah. So good. Because we were first given this tiny little room, and it was so terrible. And the tub looked off; it was like a motel six. Yeah, it was oh so bad, no. and there was construction going on. And I was like, "Is there? Can we please yeah. switch rooms?" Okay, nobody was at the hospital <laughs> because nobody plans a C section on, on September 11th. <laughs>
2: That's so funny! Oh that my gosh, so so, you had like the place to yourself. I had the place to myself. They
1: put me in this suite that was probably a Kardashian gave birth in. I mean, right. it was so massive. And it was a brand new bathroom, and it was perfect. Amazing. I mean, it, yes. it's like a and really difficult birthday to have. But you know Anna, what I said when no I thought was that there,
2: that might be a, a, uh-huh. a, an option. The way that I looked at it, just again, you have to like turn your things around. Was it will always have a positive meaning for you from now on, wow. instead of like that negative, you know, it feeling,
1: and you know, um, and, and but so that was a Wednesday, and I was then the, say was it a Tuesday? What or a Wednesday? was extra so crazy was that. The, so the year she was born, it was a Wednesday, and then it was a Friday the thirteenth. <gasps> so all the scheduled C sections happened on the twelfth because no one wanted the eleventh yes, and no one wanted yes. Friday the thirteenth. That's so funny. So, so it was like it's empty, and then it was packed, and they wanted our asses out, out. on the curb, like because <laughs> everyone not from the twelfth was yeah. in the room.
2: Okay, um, so wait, you you had a scheduled C section? Is this no, tr- no? Sorry, I had oh. a. Um,
1: I had Induced? a natural birth. Oh, okay. And she just came two weeks early. I just went into oh, labor. My water God, broke sorry. at yes. seven AM Got and it. I had the whole meltdown about, about it. She's gonna September be born. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: I know. Uh. Uh,
1: but it was uh I was lucky that was like seven AM and then and they I had her at nine, 9 PM. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So. I wanna ask you about uh like the numbness of mm-hmm. your body when mm-hmm. you're giving like what is that experience? It's, because it's a little scary freaked me out.
2: Totally, I'm I'm not going to lie. Like I will not sugarcoat it and make like, you know, uh, C-sections aren't some walking in in the park and they're not to be taken lightly at all. It is major surgery. And obviously the second and third time I knew what to expect. So it wasn't as scary. But the first time, you know, you're given it's not even an epidural. I was given, um, gosh, I'm going to blank on the name right now. But you're, you know, basically completely. Uh, 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 I know. I'm like forgetting I know, it's on it right on now. My tongue too, it's Literally, it's yeah.
1: But you're completely paralyzed.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't, uh, you know, up up above, all up here. You're moving your arms. You're talking, You're holding your baby, breastfeeding. Everything's great. It's pretty much like waist down. So when you're in that uh, post-op room that we were talking about for a little bit. Uh, they come in and every, you know, 20 minutes or something like that, they try and have you wiggle your toes and move your knees. And as soon as you are kind of back to, you know, moving and feeling a little bit, that's when you can leave the room. But I remember them saying, oh, you know, here's your foot. You're, I'm looking down at my foot and they're like, okay, wiggle your toes. I'm like, am, okay, I'm, I'm, I am. But they're not moving. And that was a little freaky, freaky yeah. not going to lie, but... Then, you, then it's just like, okay, we're not going to focus on that. And you're back looking at your baby and you're talking to your husband. Yeah. And yeah. You just kind of mind over matter, I think, with certain things. But look, if I was had someone sitting right here, there are a lot of details I would go through to let them know what not to be scared of, what to expect. Because I think that's a really hard part for people that are having a C-section to get over. Um, and if you know before you get in there, there's comfort, I think, in that. So... Anyways, yeah. And there, you know, there's some stuff. I mean, look, home births to me, like I've seen Angie's birth videos. My best friend had four from home, and I envy those and I admire it. I admire the strength, I admire the beauty, the experience, all of the horror of it, you know, afterwards, because obviously people go back into it again. Like, so I, you know, there is a part of me that's like, man, like Kate. Ollie's sister did both. She had a C-section with her first, not planned, but then went and had a V-back after. And it was amazing. And she got to kind of, you know, experience both. And uh, so, I don't know. I, I look at it still to this day, and I think there's so much information out there. And I know that there's just so many ways to kind of look at it, because at the end of the day, our bodies were meant to do this. People do it all over the world. And, you know, now we're kind of in this society and culture where science and and you know medicine take over and and for a while i was like god am i copping out am i just lazy am i scared what is it but i do feel like i was fortunate enough to actually do it the way i wanted yes and i know that a lot of people around the country and other you know places don't have that and look if i had to i would have given birth and if i hadn't made it to the
0: hospital and everything would have been fine but you had but, that, but you had that peace of mind and that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. I mean, going into something that is, I, I would always say like, it's like going to space. Like how can you convey uh, yes. to somebody else who hasn't done it, what it's going to be like and, you and, and nobody know. can because everybody's experience is
2: different. And everybody's birth is different. Even a scheduled C-section, every yeah. single birth is different. If you think about, you could hear hundreds of stories, yeah. no matter what, like if you break it down, everybody's story is different. And we'll be it's right amazing. Back.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, we're back. So, okay. so we want to talk to you about your crazy family. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> crazy it is. For, for those of you that don't know, Oliver, Aaron's husband, is the son of Goldie Hawn mm-hmm. and the brother to Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm and pa is kurt russell so it's quite it's quite a family that you married into here and i know i mean i've spent so much time with you guys and it's a big very loving family but you guys definitely make a mark when you go out Mm -hmm. and about and Mm -hmm. i've seen many paparazzi pictures of your kids (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) um So I wanted to talk to you about that, about, you know, there's so much kind of made, uh, especially now you see a lot of celebrities standing up to the paparazzi for taking pictures and, you know, even just in like our own private everyday lives, yeah. Instagram, and there's so much, there's so many more places to put pictures of your kids. And so how did, you know, I wanted wondering if you could talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that, about maybe even the first time of going out and realizing like, mm-hmm. this is something your kids are going to, I mean, I'm yeah, sure experience. for them, what do they think about it? What do they, do they know what it is? Do they understand it?
2: All I of mean, that. there's so many different levels because, you know, sometimes it'll be, you know, say just Oliver and the boys, that kind of thing. But of course, the more of the family <laughs> that are together, if it is everyone walking from a restaurant or just, you know, it's like they, the pictures that they love are Goldie and Kurt together or Kate and Goldie together. And so there's yeah. something about that that they love. And I think my boys are still pretty young and. They've seen it kind of since, you know, that that's all they've known is they know that they get their pictures taken. And I feel like Ryder, Kate's son, uh, is a little bit older and he's got a little bit more of a perspective on it. Not negative, I don't want to say, but knows what it is and knows that it isn't a great thing. Whereas my kids don't really, they're like, oh, cool, they're taking a picture of Gogo And, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, she's in the movie. and It's very simple still, yeah. which is great. And also, you know, my kids are not, Kate's. You know, I mean that they're not hounding our children. Of course, it's extremely invasive. Just, and it's changed. You know, I mean, you see, Goldie Kirch. You know, and what she always says is, back in the day, paparazzi was at premieres, possibly an airport. You know, once in a blue moon, you'd see them out during a regular event. She goes, but now it's everywhere. They're parked outside of the houses. Um, The school that we go to, we actually go to school with a few, you know, big, big celebrities, and they wait, you know, outside of the school every single day. And that is so disheartening and, and and sad and it's scary for the kids when it's so you know invasive and loud and they yell things that are so inappropriate to get reactions and it's just become so gross. Yeah. Um, and it isn't like, oh hey, let's get, you know, you walking with your kid to the park and then they leave. There's a just this like incest you know they just it's like not fed they want more and they need more and they're looking for you to trip or you to be taking out your garbage and it's just switched from the beauty of there's Goldie Hawn walking through the airport with little Kate and Oliver and some you know picture that you see in the past so it's just and it's all gross about you know, money and all that kind of stuff. So I I totally respect the parents that are standing up and that are really dealing with it. Um, I think we're pretty lucky that we don't have to deal with it like they do. Um, But I don't know, the great thing that I can say that I do see from Goldie and Kate, uh, so we go to school with Jen Affleck and so she deals with so much, but what's so amazing about them three that I see that if I really had to deal with it, is they do not let the paparazzi affect that meaning. They do everything that they would normally do with their children. And it's like, you guys want to get me here today? Great. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. So it almost creates, instead of a, oh, let's hide from the paparazzi or let's, you know, get away. And and for the children, it isn't as confusing. It's more like, hey, we're going to keep going to school and we're going to keep, go to the market and... We're not going to let them control us. Exactly. And so there's that little bit of power taken back because it is such a, um, you know, it's so scary to have no control over that and where are they and where's the long lens and what are they shooting and there's no privacy. But I do think... What they do is great, which is like, "Hey, if you want to get me riding my bike and you know get me going to school again, go ahead. It's gonna get boring, yeah, and I think the more you allow it, the less mystery. so they want the person that you know doesn't show up, or you know what I'm saying, like the more mundane and you it's it's almost like, hey, yeah, it's almost giving giving up a little bit, which in return almost gives them more control, so that's one thing that yeah. i I notice that I think is.
0: What are you guys um what are your favorite things to do as a family? What are you what are what are your like favorite moments with such a big crew? And I know your schedule is so nuts and like yeah. we've tried a little funny side story. We've tried to nail down dinner with Ollie and Aaron yeah. probably a handful of times in the last couple of months. And then Aaron, we'd finally gotten a date for dinner, and then Aaron called that week and was like, oh my God, one of my girlfriends is having a surprise last-minute birthday thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no problem. And literally that night that we're supposed to have dinner, I get a text from Oliver and he's like, um, I'm at this restaurant down the street from you guys. What's good to order here? And I was like, you, you realize like we were supposed right to have dinner down, the street, t- down <laughs> the
2: street. <laughs> I don't he's think like, I even knew we were going there. Right. Or was where were we, we were on like in no, Venice like you, or something well, you were, no you weren't even with him but he, oh, oh okay he, he went out, wasn't. He oh, went he went out to dinner. dinner on his own oh because like... I had my thing okay <laughs> I don't even remember that's so bad um, that's yeah, so what cute what do you yeah, What are you? I mean it's, a, it's it's chaos but yeah. it's amazing and I think one of the best things I've been realizing or learning just from like Ollie's mom is stay present enjoy the chaos she's like breathe anything that feels out of control or the kids aren't behaving or they're you know this and that she's like literally take this perspective like watch from above she goes cut to five years from now and picture yourself she's like you will ache for those moments back and that sits with us and I think you know a lot of times it's you know Ollie's got the boys I've got the baby or we're like these passing ships and it's about connecting and just saying hold on this is it this is our reality right now like let's just go with it so that's like a big help so whatever it is that we're doing it's usually just kind of chaos and bring the kids and you know do the beach and it's a feeling too when Oliver's working so when he's home it's let's do as much as we can together and let's um enjoy this because we know already I mean Wilder's gonna be eight this summer and it feels like the kid fun stuff is is gonna be over you know what I mean just the 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 chubbiness is you know going away or just the you know that silly young like I look at you guys and I'm like oh, you have all that ahead and I only do that because I have friends and I have neighbors and stuff that are a little ahead of us and they look back and they're just like oh my gosh like enjoy it and we miss that age or that phase so, you know, I think that's... That's beautiful advice. Look five years ahead. Yeah, just look is there a little anything ahead. Else that she has shared with you? Oh, my that, God. We could do a whole podcast <laughs> on that. But, um, um, Go-go's wisdom. Exactly. Go-go's wisdom. It's that. It's If there's anything that you know from Oliver that he's taken from them, too, is just find the humor and everything, um, even, you know, parenting, and as stressful as it can get, and as not sexy as it can be, and, you know, it's... And when people used to say, like, oh, marriage is work, I'd be like, God, well, that's so unromantic and it shouldn't be, and blah, blah, blah. But what I'm realizing now is it is work to make it be something you know special or light or fun and so
0: yeah one of the things I admire most about you guys in your relationship is that you and and it doesn't appear to be work from the outside but I know that sometimes it can be mm -hmm. Um, you guys are so good about taking time for yourselves totally and you know they they would have little sneaky getaways Mm -hmm. here and there they would meet up and have little rendezvous Mm -hmm. and um, you know it's you guys are 10 years in now and is that right married nine but together, fourteen. Yeah, yeah, fourteen. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, I always love like when Aaron would come to visit on set. They're still holding hands, and there is a very very yeah. incredible foundation of um, not only respect but chemistry between you two. Totally. And yeah. I think that's there.
2: You have to work, you know. But I I think what's interesting, just to like last little note on that, is, um, your two different dynamics when you have kids, I think you're parents, but you're also a couple. And they're two very different things. And being parents is not romantic. It's not sexy. It's planning and it's tired. And it's a competition of who did more and who's more tired and who, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But as a couple to remove yourselves, if you have the capability for a date night or a walk or nighttime, you know, and the baby's down, whatever it is, to reconnect as a couple and not talk about schedules and what the baby did and have that hour conversation of just you guys is huge. And also to remember that, you know, your partners and your kids totally catch everything. So even if you're acting in front of them, it, it's almost like you want to be sweet to your person. So even if you're like, Oh, I just want to let the kids see that we're being sweet, you automatically end up being sweet. And it is a connection that happens. So that little affection that you're like, Oh, I'm too tired to like, do but then you're like, No, you know what, I am going to go and rub his shoulders. And then he pulls you in for a kiss. And those little tiny things matter. That's another thing that Goldie would say, is they're sponges, they see it all. Um, You know, and really, once you have a baby, I feel like your purpose in life separate from careers and all that kind of stuff but is to pave pave the way for them to have the best experience. I feel like our generation looking back at all the things that kind of were done wrong and now the, like, the effects we have and it's like we do have this knowledge and information.
0: So yeah it's like our generation is the one that went to therapy <laughs> totally totally we we it really like, really felt our problems and thought that we had to do something about it yep well just in closing i just think like he's been so wonderful and and i think you know such wisdom to have that we haven't had from another guest because we haven't had anyone on that's that's given birth the way that you have mm-hmm. and um what in retrospect what would you say to somebody? What What do you think are the greatest lessons you've learned going through your birth experiences?
2: You know, the unknown is so scary, but to, I think everybody, no matter what you're planning or not planning is to embrace that whatever is meant to be is meant to be. As long as your baby gets here, however they get here, it doesn't matter. Honestly, like once your baby is here, it's like, oh my gosh, it's almost like it doesn't even matter whether it was the pain that you go and do it again, whether it was the process or what you chose. I think giving in a little bit to say, hey, this is what I want, but I'm open to whatever needs to happen. I guess that's what I would say. That's great. Yeah, it is beautiful. And I think think Some people get like scared or disappointed that, you know, oh, I didn't, get the birth I wanted and it's it's letting go a little bit too I yeah, think and fixated
0: fixated on what you think needs to happen for it to be a quote-unquote successful experience and also for you. I think for me if I ever had to like look back on it
2: it would be to learn about both ways of Uh, not both but you know what I mean just c-sections natural not natural learning as much as you can so that you aren't just this one track mind and then something happens and you know nothing like for me I didn't learn all the birthing stuff and there I was in labor luckily enough I got to have my c-section but if I hadn't I did feel very helpless in that moment of like oh shit I wish I knew more about birthing and laboring and so it's almost like get as much knowledge as you can in case you have to give up control and Go a different route,
0: <laughs> and I think too. What I really love about your story is that you that you're proud of it, mm-hmm. and I think that now is... now I am on the other I side. Think yeah, that is such a gift to our listeners who um, either have had to have a c-section unplanned or or want to for their own reasons totally um, to to know that you can be proud of it and that it is a positive wonderful birthing experience Mm -hmm. and um and your story is your story Mm -hmm. Uh, all right guys we're going to take a break thank you so much thank you thank you guys thank Thank you thank you we'll be right back
1: hi hi i wish i could have gone on way longer (laughs) but <laughs> so we had to like rush and i've got to get home to a sitter i know and stuff but there was so much more to talk about
0: yeah well there always is i mean i feel like that's but that's the beauty of the podcast we can just have people keep coming back yeah we should we should uh speaking of that
1: one of our very first guests or maybe she was our your husband was our first guest this special guest was our second guest ever Eva. Marie Martino, that's right. who has a blog now, everybody. So that's our mom session today. It's ha- happily ever So Eva's her first name. So instead of ever, it's Eva. So you can remember it happily ever after.com. And um, she has this great little thing, a blurb, where she says, I think we can be great moms and also have unapologetically full lives. So check out her blog. It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's, I feel like I'm going to get all the questions answered that I don't have the guts to ask her, like her skincare or like how she cooks these beautiful things I see on Instagram. Um, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, it
0: is gorgeous. And I have a little feature coming up at some point in it. Oh, can't wait to Exciting. read. Exciting. Um, um, my mom bomb today it comes from this book that I've talked about so many times on our podcast, Real Love. The Truth About Finding Unconditional Love and Fulfilling Relationships by Greg B- Bear. Is that how you say that? Bear, Bear. MD. Um, you guys, all uh, this will have already actually been up on our Facebook now because we talked about it in a previous podcast. But I wanted to do a mom bomb from it, which is uh, something that really affected me when I read it. And I'm going to tell you the mom bomb and then I'm going to read a little little blurb underneath it that explains it. But the mom bomb is, if you're unhappy in a relationship, you're always wrong. Now, let me explain that. If you can remember that sentence, it will change your life. When you're unhappy, it means that you haven't yet done enough to feel unconditionally loved and loving. That doesn't make your partner right. It just means that your happiness is always in your own hands. I think that is such an important and difficult concept to grasp. But i I'll tell you that since reading this book and moving forward in my life, it has helped me many times because it gives you so much power. So remember that if you're unhappy in a relationship, any relationship, friendship, spouse, partner, work with your situation dog. with your dog, if you're unhappy in a relationship, you're always wrong. Um, all right, kids. We'll uh see you next week about this same time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, Facebook like us Twitter you know do this stuff we love being a part of your community and you guys I have to tell you but it's going to drive you crazy because we can't even go on more about it but we have some really special ideas in the works that are going to just be so awesome so hold on stay with us and also
1: and just know that we are needy people and when you write those really nice comments on iTunes (laughs) it totally makes our night okay (laughs) enough sharing
0: remember to
1: (laughs) trust in your goodness live out your greatness and rock rock on on. Atomic Atomic Bombs. Bombs